you're not big on, is it Traveris Robinson who just left Alabama to take what we, I mean, I don't know what it is, the pseudo DC job, as long as Kirby Smart's there, he's running it. But you don't look at him as some kind of uh, elite defensive coordinator or coach, right? Well, I mean, as a defensive coordinator, his only experience were those few years at South Carolina. Under Will. Under Will, right? And I've had people say, okay, well, he wasn't even calling the plays at South Carolina. The defense is horrible. But he wasn't calling the plays. Like, okay, well, that means he has no play-calling experience. You're not calling a guy with no play-calling experience elite at all, right? But if you say, oh, he was calling the plays, whoa, you know, that's there's nothing elite about those years he had at South Carolina in whatsoever way, shape, or form. So either way, you have a no-experienced guy or a poor-experienced guy. That's not an elite guy. Okay. Okay, so back to you're you're Greg you're uh, grading Greg Byrne. Mm -hmm. You feel like bottom line, considering who was out there, that Kalen DeBoer to Alabama was an excellent hire, right? That was first guy on our board. Okay, that's that's what that was. That was what our report was. You know, the first guy on the board. Um, My personal bias, I hate to say it. You know, I, I had a little personal bias. I'm like, wow, it'd be kind of cool if enough guys turned it down where he got to Jeff Brom because five years ago I put out a little tweet that said Jeff Brom would one day replace Nick Saban. So, <laughs> uh, which, which you know, something if a couple guys said no, that would have been a that would have been a really good hire too. But um, you know, DeBoer is the best field coach available in college football, and Greg went out and got him. All right, you mentioned something, Dave Bartu, Matrix Analytical, the number one college football staffing firm in the country. The overwhelming majority of coaches don't know how to staff. They just hire their friends. Uh, Bartu can lay out different, well, they do all kinds of cool stuff. All right, here's the deal. You tweeted out that three of the coaches who took jobs were insane positive coach effect for 2023, and that was DeBoer. Jed Fish at Arizona, uh-huh. and Mike Elko at Duke, and they all moved to Elko to A&M, Fish to mm-hmm. Washington now, and DeBoer to Alabama. So you give a thumbs up to all those hires, correct? And jo- and Jonathan Smith. Oh, yeah, There's, from Oregon uh, State to Michigan and, State. And, and Thank and you. Oregon State yes. to Michigan State. So yeah. of, of the five Power Five guys that led the country in coach effect, Four of the five are at much bigger opportunities now. Mm-hmm. So Smith to Michigan State, you know, Elko and, and so forth. The one guy that was in there, Lance Leipel at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody wanted to even touch him because his buyout right now is $12.5 million. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I know Lanning's is 20 and I know DeBoer's is, it was 12, but you know, DeBoer at 12 and Leipold at 12 are two different animals. That's apples to oranges, dude. <laughs> right, right. Um, man, that's amazing that Oregon was able to structure that contract that way. And and Bruce Feldman was talking about over the weekend that it it was actually, he believes, well north of 20. But even at 20, that's that's an AD that that did it right. Don't you agree? Or yeah, did it right, or just got lucky, right? Well, I can't I mean, believe Lanning said yes. To be honest with, you. or 
Lanning Sexton or whoever in the hell it was, I can't believe that they agreed it to it because to me he's got, you know, he's got a lot of chips too in this thing, right? He does now, but did he two years ago? Uh, right. I mean, I think that was signed two years ago. He was just coming off a nine and three season. He was just coming off a a a loss at home to Washington on bad coaching decisions. A loss on the road to Oregon State on bad coaching decisions. You know, I mean, th- there wasn't the leverage there there is today. Uh, you could have felt it could have been coming, you know, and that's what Rob Mullins was banking on at Oregon is the organization and the character of Lanning that he felt, look, this guy is going to take us places that no one else has. And he was banking on it, but it was still a a calculated gamble. Uh, and I think it was his goal to try to bring in some coaching continuity because we don't see a whole lot of programs that are successful without coaching continuity. If, if you're losing your guy every three or four years, you just never get any traction. And that's kind of where Oregon was. And I think they'd been bitten so many times and lost so many guys over the last few years True. is they wanted to try to, to avoid that. Um, and, and look at coaching continuity in your conference, right? You know, um, a lot of these guys that have been sticking around, not going anywhere, the, the, their program just keeps getting better and better and better. You flip a guy every two, three years, he's just running in mud. And I, I think by putting it up there early was more of a safety guard rather than being a savant saying, oh, I think this guy's going to be elite down the road and be worth it. All right, day bar two, Matrix Analytical on the Out of Bounds Show, driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder at Canon, Nissan, and Jackson. Give give our listeners your Lincoln Raleigh, Chip Kelly, Ron Day theory. <laughs> well, it, it spawned out of being wrong, right? I mean, that's that's. Uh, and you acknowledge I mean, you were wrong on Chip Kelly. We've well, talked about it. Yeah, but that's that's part of uh, I've been doing stuff in in college football and now the NFL long enough. In, in that. Um, we know that what we do, we can't be right all the time. We're hoping to be right about 80% of the time when it comes down to staffing. It's our 80-20 rule. And, but I always look forward to being wrong, especially being really wrong, because then it makes us go back to the drawing board and be smarter and try to dissect where we went wrong. And when Chip Kelly got hired by UCLA, me and the, me and the crew were just like, oh, UCLA's going to start winning football games. You look at, you look at Chip Kelly – as a play caller, you look, look at Chip Kelly as a on-field coach, and his numbers were absolutely outstanding. And then at UCLA, he sucked, right? And then his second year, it wasn't very good. And the third year, it got a little bit better, but not very much, right? And so remember how I was telling you before about the one, two, three, four years Chip Kelly, I think under normal circumstances for a lot of programs, would have already been fired. He just happened to be at UCLA. It really didn't care as much as a lot of other places, in my opinion. And it took us back to the drawing board, and we're like, where did we go wrong? Well, Chip Kelly at Oregon never had to staff his own program. Mike Bellotti did it for him. Chip Kelly didn't have to create a recruiting system. Mike Bellotti did it for him. Everything was built for Chip Kelly. All Chip had to do was show up and call plays, which he did at a legendary level for, what, seven years, eight years at Oregon, right? But then when he moved on and didn't and went out from underneath that umbrella 
of Bilotti, he couldn't staff. And, you know, and, and he couldn't recruit. And now we have the same thing, Lincoln Riley. Staff built by Bob Stoops, recruiting system built by Bob Stoops. Everything was great. All you had to do was run an offense at Oklahoma. He leaves Oklahoma, just like Chip Kelly left Oregon, goes somewhere else, struggles with staffing, struggles with recruiting. So I'm not saying it's going to turn out the same way, but I'm seeing a lot of similarities in that guys that had something else built for them struggle when it comes down to their turn to build. That's why I, I caution people when you're looking for a head coach, uh, especially if you're down, right? If you're down, don't go get the hot guy that's never built anything. Get the guy that has had to build from the bottom up, right? Jed Fish has had to build from the bottom up. He's going to have to rebuild Washington because there's not a lot of talent there, right? Jonathan Smith's going to have to rebuild Michigan State because it's a mess. He's already done that. But you bring a guy in that has never built it before, then that is the big question mark. And I, and I think we got over our skis on Chip Kelly, and I think we even got over our skis on Lincoln Riley uh, because we didn't realize maybe at the time that we weren't sure how good of a staffer they are. So just something to keep in mind. It's not, I'm not picking on Lincoln or Chip or any of these guys. I'm just giving that as an example for everybody listening that, you know, not is all what it seems when a coach has no experience in staffing where he's at. 